I looked up that word heart. Because it's Red Heart Sunday, I always try to think of what can we speak about on Red Heart Sunday. We've spoken about love and things like that. And, uh, I don't know that we've ever spoken on that particular word, heart. So I looked it up. And here is what De- Webster's defines heart as. A hollow, muscular organ that pumps the blood through the circulatory system by rhythmic contraction and dilation. Does that help us with why we're here this morning? When I first read that, I thought, well, now that's not really not going to be anything I can preach on. So I kept on reading. And there's another definition, the central or innermost part of something. That's a little better, isn't it? That kind of speaks a little bit more to what we're here for today, and it certainly is much closer to what I think the Bible is speaking about when it speaks of our heart, the central or innermost part of something. The heart is the center of life. It's certainly true physically. Without that hollow muscular organ that pumps the blood through the circulatory system by rhythmic contraction and dilation, we don't live very long, do we? It's also true spiritually. The Bible has a few heart thoughts for us to consider, and I want us to just mention maybe three this morning. I think the Bible tells us how important our heart is, what the heart does for us and says about us, but beyond that it also tells us what we ought to be doing for our heart. So let me just mention these few heart thoughts today. Number one. It is the heart that determines our character. The heart that determines our character. The Bible uses the word heart in a way very similar to that second definition, the central or innermost part of a thing. We might say that the heart is what determines your character. It determines who and what you are. Now, Many things contribute to our character. Environment would be a factor in in, in that. Companionship, the Bible warns us about Companions that we keep, because companionship, the people with whom we surround ourselves, can influence our character. Outside influences can come into play, things that we look at, things that we listen to, what we do with our time, the places we go. All those are things that influence our character. But what the Bible brings to to light about this, I think, is that these various factors actually influence our heart, and the heart is the real you. It's the real me. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 7 says, As he thinks in his heart, so is he. We sang that song this morning, Change My Heart, O God. It's funny how we never sing, Change My Face, O God. Did you ever notice that? Well, some of us might. Change My Body, O God. Some of us might sing that in the shower, or we might sing that quietly in ourselves to God, but I've never heard a hit Christian song like that. We sing, Change My Heart, O God, because we know it's the heart that needs changed. Therefore, we sing, because we know it's the real us. It's your heart that God sees when he looks at you, and when he sees your heart, he sees you as you really are. Jesus mentioned this when he gave some instructions about fasting. He said, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Your Father who sees in secret, I look at you and I see your face. I look at you and I see your clothes or your, or your hands or your physical appearance or your hair, but the Father sees what I can't. He sees the secret place. He sees your heart. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 11, Hell and destruction are before the Lord, so how much more the hearts of the sons of men. He sees that. John in his gospel wrote of Jesus that he had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. John chapter 2 and verse 25, John knew the hearts. You can fake, you can cover up, 
nearly everything about yourself. You can fake your face. There's a whole industry. Ladies would know about this, but unfortunately more and more men are starting to know about this. Uh, you can fake your face. You can do all kinds of things there. You can fake your hair. You can fake your weight. I mean, I could, I could suck this in and you would think I was... You, 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 you can fake these things. You can fake your, your, influence, your, your influence. You can fake your finances. But you cannot fake what is in your heart. You can't because that's the real thing that matters to God. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 12. O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind at heart, let me see your vengeance on them. Luke chapter 16 and verse 15. He said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your So the first heart thought this morning is that our heart is the center of our character. It's the real us. The second one is this. Our heart is the center of all that is evil or bad in us. Now, this expands on that last point a little bit. I mean, you are what's in your heart. The real you is what's in your heart. What God sees and is concerned with is your heart. And here's the interesting thing. The Bible says... That your heart, in its natural state, is downright rotten. Here's what it says. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse number 19. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Interesting word choice there. Desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jesus said that those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart, Jesus said... Proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things that come out of the heart. It would be nice if the opposite were true, I think. I I, I think we'd all love to be able to blame the rotten things that pour forth from us on outside influences. And, of course, we do that an awful lot of the time. That's what many in our culture are quick to do, to say that our environment or whatever is to blame for this. The ultimate truth is what Jesus spoke. People commit murder because they are murderers in their hearts. People have affairs and leave wives and husbands to run off with another because their heart is full of adultery. People immerse themselves in pornography. They steal, they lie, they reject God because these things are in their hearts. It's who and what they are. I know I've told you the story many, many times of the frog and the scorpion, but I have to tell it again here. Because it fits. The frog and the scorpion. How many of you have ever heard the story of the frog and the scorpion? The frog and the scorpion were sitting alongside of a riverbank. And the scorpion thought to himself, how am I going to get to the other side of the river? And so he said to the frog, hey, you can swim. How about I hop on your back and you take me across to the other side? And the frog said, are you out of your head? You're a scorpion. You'll sting me. I'm not interested in that. I'm not, do I look stupid to you? And the scorpion says, why would I ever do that? Of course I wouldn't do that. I want to get to the other side. And so why would I sting the one person who could get me to the other side? The frog says, okay. So he hops on his back. They get out in the middle of the river, and the scorpion stings him. And as the frog's eyes are glazing over in death, he says to the scorpion, why in the world did you do that? We're both going to die. And the scorpion says, I couldn't help myself. I'm a scorpion. That's what we do. And the fact is you cannot blame any outside influence for what is in your heart. James pointed out that the ultimate outside influence, the one we often want to blame, is God himself. But we can't do that. That's what Adam did, by the way. You might remember the very first sin ever committed was only moments old. 
And here he was blaming everybody in the world for it. That woman that you gave to me is the one that made me do it. And he didn't stop there. He went even further. He said, that woman you gave to me, God. Actually, he's trying to blame God. Something that we do often. This is your fault, God. But notice what James said. James said, you cannot do that. He said, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. It's what's in your own Heart, your heart, my heart, in the natural state, it's rotten to the core. Rotten to the core. And if you believe any differently, you're just simply deceived. Few things are made more clear than this in the Bible. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse number 11, because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Ecclesiastes 9.3, this is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that one thing happens to all. Truly, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil. Madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. Matthew 15.8, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Matthew 23.25, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Our heart... Center of everything, and our heart is desperately wicked, evil. Imagine that some of you are sitting here this morning and you're thinking, well, this is a fine howdy do, preacher. We're all sitting here all dressed up in red. We've listened to all this happy music. We're getting ready to go down and slurp on chili and munch on food. It's supposed to be a happy day, Red Heart Sunday, and we ought to really maybe rename it to Black Heart Sunday. But I'm not done yet. You see, that assessment would be correct if I was going to stop right there. Or if the facts ended right there, but they don't. That black heart of yours can be fixed. It can be made white as snow. It can be healed. It can be remade because there is one and only one outside influence that you can turn to that will make it all right. No matter how black your heart might be, nothing is more important than getting that heart to Jesus. That's why we sang this morning, Change My Heart, O God, because he alone can. Another song. I asked these guys if they knew this song, and they, they, they thought about it a minute, but I don't think they knew it. Uh, it, it says, I, I, I can't take a heart that's broken and make it over again. But I know a man who can I can't take a soul that's sin-sick and wash it white as the snow, but I know a man who can. Some call him Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I call him Jesus, for he's my dearest friend. If you feel that no one loves you and your life is out of hand, I know a man who can. There is one who can fix your heart, and his name is Jesus. If your heart is black this morning, give it to Jesus. If your heart is broken this morning, you can give it to Jesus. If it is hurting, if it is evil, if it is addicted, if it is enslaved, whatever its condition, give that heart to Jesus. He'll make it new again. 
Hear what the gospel says. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Ezekiel 36, God said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. There was a man. His name was Philip. He was one of the very first deacons. Bible. He one day was talking to another man. We don't know the other man's name. We just know that he was a man from Ethiopia. And that Ethiopian man listened intently to Philip as he preached the gospel to him. And then he decided he wanted what he was being promised, salvation, eternal life, healing of his heart. And so he told Philip he wanted to be baptized. And listen to what Philip said. He said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He needed to turn his heart over to Jesus, his heart over to God, to give it to Jesus. He needed to believe with all his heart. That was the cure. That was the fix. That was the only way to salvation. Joel chapter 2, now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Seems so simple, doesn't it? Such a gloriously simple solution to such a terrible problem. Why? Why, we might ask, doesn't everybody run and receive and believe? The only one who can make them new again. My dad had a friend. His friend was named Larry. His neighbor lived right around the corner from dad in his apartment complex. I appreciated Larry a lot because Larry was always looking in on Dad and checking up on him, bringing his newspaper to him. Dad likes to collect stupid, silly comic strips, and so he would bring his favorite comics over to him, bring him food every once in a while. Just a few nights ago, Larry went to sleep and didn't wake up. Massive heart attack was the cause of death. One of our own numbers dealing with something very similar right now Kathy Wilhelm's husband, Terry, suffered a massive heart attack on January 5th. He has been in the CICU at University Hospital in Cleveland ever since. We've been praying and praying for God to intervene, but there Terry remains, bedridden. Dangerously critical state. Just a few days ago, we received the shocking news that Genesis Kohler, one of the missionaries we support, one half of the Kohler team, of uh, Andrew and, and Genesis, uh, the, 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 and, and, and the team that Josh and Elena are planning to go and work with in Ireland. Genesis suffered a heart attack. Several are with us in this room this morning who have suffered some degree of heart attack or heart problems. And the fact is, I mean, the truth we all understand is that, that when we have problems with that hollow muscular organ that circulates blood to the circulatory system, what was it, the rest of it? By dilation and contraction, whatever. We know that when that's, there's a problem with that on the physical side, we have a real problem, don't we? It's often life-threatening. It's often fatal. But I guess here's the question that we need to consider this morning. Do you understand that the same truth applies to your spiritual heart? There is a term I used to hear. I, I guess it's still a term. I, I just don't hear it much anymore. And that's the term hardening of the arteries. 
Anybody remember that term? I looked it up. It's, it, it was, there was a definition, so maybe it's still valid, but the definition was the thickening and hardening of the walls of the arteries occurring typically in old age. And as that thickening occurs over time, blood flow to the heart becomes less and less until that heart is starved for oxygen and heart attack. Heart attack is probably what's listed on the death certificate in such a case as the cause of death. But in reality, it started much earlier, didn't it? It started when those arteries began to harden and when the blood flow began to decrease. I'm not a doctor, and I'm not trying to pretend like I am here this morning, but uh, the fact is, I think, I think there are remedies that can at least help to slow that process. Your doctor can help you with things like diet and exercise and medication to help lower cholesterol, which supposedly contributes to those kinds of things. But, but you have to follow their instructions, don't you? Some people die from heart attacks because this long, slow process occurred, which ultimately stopped the hearts. And in many cases, it could have been avoided. And some people die in their sins. They have a spiritual heart attack, if you will. And not in some cases, but in every single case, it could have been avoided. Give me thy heart, says the Father above. No gift so precious to him is our love. Softly, he whispers, wherever thou art, gratefully trust me. Give me thy heart. Do that, and your spiritual heart will be made new forever, instantly, forever, every single time, with no exceptions, your heart will be made. Just as some suffer physical heart attacks because their arteries hardened over time, I think many suffer spiritual heart attacks because they just simply put off listening to God. They think they have time. Their spiritual arteries are hardening the whole time until they come to a point where it's too late. You do know, right? I hope you know. I hope you believe this because it's true. The Bible says if you keep saying no to God, eventually you will not be able to say yes. You know that, right? You you do know, right, that God's patience has a limit. That one day he will, at a time of his own choosing, stop calling out to you and accept your final answer. That's what you want. You want it to be no. no. I'm not talking about your death. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that there can come a time, and it may be long before you die. It could be today. It could already have taken place. When your spiritual arteries have hardened to the point where you cannot respond anymore. We've probably all known folks like that. That at one time perhaps they seemed interested in the gospel. Perhaps there was some thought that they might respond. But over time they've hardened and hardened and hardened and hardened until they have no interest now. It's like a brick wall. You can't get through to them. And they die lost. Happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Proverbs 28.14. Hebrews 3.13, exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. In Romans 2.5, Paul in his letter to the Romans warned, but, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath. In the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. What a picture that is. As your heart is getting harder and harder, you're treasuring up wrath. So I ask you this morning, what about you? What about you? 
you need to give some thought to the condition of your heart. If you've never given your heart over to Jesus, and that does not happen by accident. It's not something that's automatic. It's not something that occurs by osmosis. It's, it's not something that you can get from your parents. It's not something that you are born with. It's something you must decide and you must act upon. You must say from your heart that you want to give that heart to Jesus. Nothing else substitutes. You must must. Jesus said you must be born again. And there is no substitute. So I wanted this morning, we're going to sing. We could have the musicians come if they want it this time. We're going to sing. Do you need to do something about the condition of your heart today? Do you have a black heart that needs to be made whole? As we sing this morning, we're just going to sing a few verses. I would encourage you as we sing together. Why don't you step out? Come to the front. There's folks here who would be glad to explain this more fully. If I, my explanation has not been good enough, there's some help. We'll, we'll pray with you. We'll help you. But if your heart needs to be dealt with, give it to Jesus today. Would you do that? Father God, we're so thankful for the privilege we have to gather together in this place. We're thankful, Lord, for this wonderful service that we've had. And, and Lord, even in these just few moments that we've shared from the Bible, I pray that the Holy Spirit takes these thoughts and applies it to hearts. And if not this, then something that's been sung, something that's been said in the hall somewhere, Lord, if, if there are folks here today who don't know you as Savior, whose heart remains black with sin, I pray today that something here the Holy Spirit would get hold of, apply it to their heart, and help them to see it's true, and help them to see their need, and help them, Lord, as we sing, to step out and trust Christ and be saved this day. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.